Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the February 23rd edition of Local Matters, where it is my goal to help you become a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As always, the show is brought to you by Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. You can learn more about the services that we provide at my website, which is Janice allenjackson.weebly.com. Also there, you can find any episode of Local Matters that you would like to listen to. So when you have time to listen to a podcast, if you're out walking, driving on a medium length trip, um, if you just have a little time to kill, or you're cleaning the house and you want to listen to a podcast, please go to my website, pull up one of those episodes and enjoy your listening and learning. Uh, today is the last Wednesday in Black History Month for 2022, and I couldn't let the month pass by without paying tribute to some African Americans who have contributed to the local government profession. And today, specifically, I'm going to focus on my kind of local government professional, and that is city and county managers and administrators, those folks who ensure that you are provided with high quality services. As we lead into this discussion, I did a little research myself and found out that the city manager profession itself was launched in the early 20th century. And it was thought of as a way to improve urban government administration and ensure that those organizations were managed well. About 60 years into that, that is to say around 1968, as far as we know, the first African-American city manager was appointed. His name was James Johnson, and he was hired by Compton, California as their city manager. Now, as we move forward, there are hundreds of African-American city and county managers and deputy or assistant managers in cities and counties throughout the United States. But sometimes it feels like there still aren't enough of us. So today we are going to talk to someone who has extensive history in that. He's president of the National Forum of Black Public Administrators, which was an organization that was formed about 40 years ago to ensure that more of us as African-Americans were prepared to lead in uh, our local communities and build relationships with the public so that you could trust the services that you were being provided and trust that the people providing them to you were looking out for your interest. Again, thank you so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. Again, please tell everybody you know about us because we want as many people as possible to learn about the precious profession of local government. Local Matters family, today we have a special treat. And you know, I think all of my guests are special, uh, but this one in particular comes to us all the way from the great state of Texas. Uh, he is Dr. Calvin Jamison, and he's currently serving as president of the National Forum for Black Public Administrators. So for our 
Black History Month program, I thought it would be great to have someone of his stature and national influence come in and talk to us a little bit about the business of local government and African-Americans and the role that we have played in shaping local governments across the country. How are you doing today, Dr. Jameson? I am doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for being a part of the Local Matters family. Uh, as I was thinking about this show, I actually started thinking about the first day when I decided that I wanted to be a city manager. I was 23 years old. I was sitting in my one bedroom apartment in Richmond, Virginia, a city that you're very familiar with. And I started watching the city of Richmond as they were embarking upon the process of selecting a new city manager. I read all of the news coverage and I just said to myself, well, you know, if this is what city managers do, this is what the job is about. I think I can do that. So I sort of set myself on the path a long time ago when there weren't very many women, and there's still not very many women, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, who are city managers, and certainly not very many Black women who are city managers. So as I thought about my own journey, um, I thought it would be really instructive for our listeners to just talk to you from your role at NFBPA about uh, some of the things that African-Americans have accomplished in local government over the last few years. So with that, tell, tell our listeners about your city management experience and some of the other things that you've done. Oh, absolutely. Again, thank you for allowing me to uh, join you on this podcast. Um, I'm from Virginia, a little small town called Martinsville, Virginia. So if you follow NASCAR, then uh, the races used to be there as well as um, we always had bootleggers who would uh, run bootleg and that's how NASCAR got started. I uh, continued on to Virginia Tech where I got my undergrad and master's and my doctorate at the university and I worked there in admissions as a recruiter for quite some time and eventually as assistant to the president of the university. Then from there, I moved to Richmond, Virginia uh, working at the university level at Virginia Commonwealth University, and then went to the private sector at the Ethel Corporation, a petroleum additives company uh, headquartered there. From there, I got recruited to be the city manager of Richmond, Virginia, uh, strongly because of a combination of my business experience and the desire to want to change things differently and because of my involvement in the community from a service perspective too. Uh, while city manager of uh, Richmond, we did over $4 billion in new development at, uh, at the city, including um, enhancing our citizen satisfaction numbers from uh, 43 to 87% in two years because of a service mindset that we brought to the table from the business side of things overall. Um, and then uh, from that aspect of things, I proceeded on to after my tenure as city manager to uh, return back to academe at uh, Hampton University and HBCU and eventually to the University of Texas at Dallas where here I basically built a little city called, I call it the city of University of Texas at Dallas where we've added over $2 billion in new development over uh, 50 million square feet to the campus and transformed this overall. So, that's a little bit about my background. I'm a 
former uh, combination of true student athlete uh, who integrated uh, my uh, high school playing playing quarterback and and basketball and baseball and all and track uh, before I went on to Virginia Tech. So that's my background. Um, regarding the roles that uh, we played overall, meaning African-Americans who have uh, begin influence cities. Uh, you mentioned Manny Deese. He actually was one of the founders of the National Forum for Black Public Administrators, which started incidentally back in 1983. Um, so we're coming from 40 uh, years of the existence of NFBPA. And the reason why it was started is because during that time, many cities uh, were beginning to transformed themselves and they needed African-American leadership to work uh, in a multitude of roles in their respective cities. Um, and for that reason, we did a process in place to help train many of those individuals. So we started NFBPA, which actually has 40 chapters in 36 states. Uh, so we have members throughout the country uh, from East, East Coast to West Coast, uh, North to South. Uh, all making a difference in terms of what they do overall. And the reason why NFBPA has been such an impactful entity is because we understood how to, and I use these terms, of how to go from Main Street to Main Street or how to operationalize and go from communities that we serve that look like us to sitting in the boardroom negotiating deals with CEOs. And um, many of us have over time acquired those skill sets, but uh, we create a trust level in our communities to get things done, which is an important part of the role that you play in these environments. When you think about uh, this environment that we work in today, uh, at the end of the day, employees are mostly concerned about, um, can I work in an environment that's allowed me to service the people that are important in my community, that's one. The second thing is that our citizens are concerned about the basics. Are you picking up my trash? Am I staying safe? Do you, do you address my potholes? Is there fresh water coming in? Uh, um, um, those are the things that people talk about when they think about an environment that they want to be a part of. My rule of thumb was simply this. People ask three questions if they want to be a part of your community. They ask, is it clean? Is it safe? And how are your schools? If you can answer those three questions in the affirmative, then you're likely to attract uh, a diverse of individuals who want to be a part of your community. So in the roles that we play as uh, city administrators, city managers, department heads, deputies, chiefs, et cetera, is that we have to create a climate where um, service is not what we do, service is who we are, because that's the business that we're in, and that's a mantra that we have overall. So that's just sort of a highlight of some larger picture things to, uh, that I would speak to. All right. Thanks so much. And, and let's highlight that on service. Um, one of the things that I focus on in Local Matters is helping people make good decisions about who they vote for to represent their interest. 
Um, and on one level, that is something that we as residents have some control over. Um, but oftentimes there are people behind the scenes, the folks that occupy jobs like you and I have over the years, who really play a huge role in determining determining the quality of services that are provided by those local government organizations and universities in your case. Um, can you speak a little bit more about the need for diversity among those people who are hands-on with providing those services to the public? Well, I have a philosophy that people do not care what you know to they know that you care. And so what happens in these communities, in our communities that we live in, is that you have to develop a level of trust. And trust comes from, in many cases, people feeling comfortable that the person who's providing information to them, okay, is, is trust and trustworthy, which means that they do what they say they're gonna do and have the best interests of the community at heart. And when you, when you do that, that sets a totally different tone about how services are delivered overall. Um, if, if you're gonna be successful in these roles, whether you are a police chief, fire chief, uh, director of public works, or director of the water authority, uh, or um, whatever the case may be, social services, uh, the finance department, you have to be in an environment where you're committed to make sure that you're efficient and effective in terms of how you deliver services, but that you're listening to the employees. And the way I approached that was simply this. Uh, I would spend a lot of time uh, out, outside with my workforce, with my team, they were my team, uh, showing them that I cared about what they did, how they did, and reinforcing that because they're the ones who deliver the services on a daily basis. And then for any politician who's making a decision to run for office, um, most people want the basics, okay? So if you can address the basics, okay, then you are halfway there plus. In fact, you're probably 80% of the way there, the basics of services. And um, they want, uh, a lifestyle that allows them to make a decent living. Okay, they want the lights to work when, when you turn them on. They want the water, the water come to the speak. You know, they want to make sure when they step outside that the sidewalks are uh, don't have potholes in them. Uh, they want to make sure it's a safe environment. They want parks that they can go play. In. And so, if you can take care of the basics, I don't care who you are, you're further along the way. So what we do at NFPPA and what I'm calling the four pillars is that we create an environment where we invest in the members who are here by saying, how do we add value to our membership? And we've been able to show that that's key. That's the first pillar. The second pillar is to speak to what is the impact that NFPPA ha has on all of these communities? And we're noticing across this country that bar none, NFBPA is involved in so much of what happens from a policy perspective, because we're the ones who administer whatever the policy is that's out there. So we're gonna make sure those things are being addressed. And uh, we work, and as you're a city manager, you work in between uh, those who work within your organization, your team, 
and the policymakers who are elected to make sure those things get done. The third one is the financial sustainability of an organization and final one, making sure we're an effective organization. So those are the anchors, the pillars, that allows us to come forward and prepare leaders to go out and be successful in terms of what they're doing. Um, we have uh, the ELAP program, Executive Leadership Institute, and the mentor program to help us cultivate the future generation of those leaders who are gonna go out and take care of this. Now, why is this important to local government? If you have pe persons who are in fact engaged with an organization such as NFBPA, then they understand the values we project in terms of service levels and responsiveness and having professional services. So you have people who not only can put the put together plans to enhance your bond rating, but also plans to make sure that you are cleaning up your streets, uh, making sure that you are planning for economic development in your respective organization, and that all your social services are being addressed in a timely fashion. Uh, if there's snow, snow is being removed. All of the attributes of what makes for a great operations. That's why a professional is important to have in your organization. Yes, and it's good to have professionals who look like the population that they're serving. Absolutely. Um, when I, it, it's a comfort level. Uh, I used to say to persons all the time, that I was just as comfortable going to housing development where there was a lady who actually um, celebrated 50 years in housing, which which should not have been the case because public housing was always been transitioned, but she served, served as celebrated 50 years in public housing. And going from there to sitting down and negotiating a major deal that brought a major shopping center to to city of Richmond and everything in between. Um, not everybody has that skill set or can create that comfort level. And the reason why is because the approach that one takes when you understand the role you play is service, number one. And then two, you have to put yourself in the position of that person who is or is not receiving that service. Okay. And you do it as a professional doing it overall. And you make an excellent point. Um, local government managers in particular, if they're good, um, they know how to juggle between one thing and the next thing and the next thing. I mean, one of the things I like to say is, you know, at nine o'clock, I may be talking about housing. At 10 o'clock, I may be talking about public works. And 11 o'clock, I may be talking about police. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's what makes this role, two things, very exciting. But it also, um, it's a 24-7 role. So you need to have an outlet if you do this business because of what it can, it can consume you, uh, if you, especially if you sit in, in the seat of a city manager. Uh, so the important part of making sure that you have the, the demeanor, the skill set, the patience uh, to do all these things is going to be key. And it's also important that those who are running for local office understand how important it is to have outstanding uh, public servants 
who have chosen this as a profession out there in the public delivering the services for you. Uh, an important part of that is to make sure you encourage them and um, not politically attack them. Right. Okay. And I'm going to emphasize what you said about choosing that as a profession. Uh, that is what it is. I just want to make clear, you know, if somebody goes to get um, an engineering degree and they pass their exam and they get their professional engineering designation, uh, somebody else may be a planner and gets their AICP, American Institute of Certified Planners, accountants get a certified public accounting designation. Uh, just like that, local government administrators, we consider it a profession unto itself as well. Uh, and the, the International City County Managers Association offers us a credentialed manager designation uh, as well. So it is just not something that you can just pick anybody to go do. That's my point. <laughs> oh, correct. And then uh, the, the key part to that is you need to, it's important that you have professionals who, who not only understand what it takes to run. It's, it is the business that you're running. Okay. And in the key parts of the business that you're running, the biggest difference is in the private sector is profit and loss you may be looking at. And then and if you don't take care of your customers, from a service perspective, you may lose them. And the public sector is strictly about the service levels and you would lose them also, but not about profit and loss, but more about how you manage those resources, the limited amount of resources that you do have to deliver those services. And you wanna make sure that those service, that's equity in the delivery of those services. Um, some parts of the city that I work within, there are issues with traffic stop signs, traffic lights, et cetera traffic calming. In other parts, it was about public safety and maybe a homicide or maybe uh, basically being able to address those issues over there. And then, and then and basically all of it was about uh, public education and having the right environment where those persons could see role models who decided to, to pursue this career. Uh, and it depends on where you're located. Um, some places have a strong mayor, and in a case like that, they need to have a very strong CEO, chief administrative officer, who can help the mayor get those, the job done. Some places have a city manager who is a chief executive, and that person has responsibility for the operations. And then the policymakers, i.e. the mayor and city council, has responsibility for making policy, and the mayor is is the number one chili uh, for uh, basically leveraging the community in which they're located, whether it's a city or whether it's a county environment, whatever case may be. And, and you make some, some great points there um, as you talk about equity in particular and what the needs are, understanding those needs across the community. If you're in a community that is diverse economically, racially, et cetera, um, I distinctly remember having conversations with staff over the years about you're going to make sure that you provide the same quality of service at X address as you do at Y address. Um, and I think that's one of the big differences that 
a city manager or administrator who is familiar with the community and cares about the community, as you say, can make. Um, they can enforce from day one with everybody on the staff level that there are no differences in the services that you provide across the community. And you also have to recognize, as you said, that there's some areas of the community that have radically different needs. I mean, like code enforcement is a really big issue in many communities, particularly if you have lower income areas where the property owners don't feel like it's going to be worth their investment to um, make repairs. You know, that creates a huge burden on code enforcement and it creates a huge burden on the people who live around them um, because they're like, you know, this the house over here is abandoned. Nobody's cutting the grass. I saw three snakes yesterday. Absolutely. And, and on that note, you know, we could have 5,000 our homes and we know we could have 5 million our homes. Okay. But all of them require service levels. Okay. And so we have to make sure that we set at the level of a city manager you set the tone and the tenor by which you deliver those services, okay? And as long as you walk in thinking that we are gonna provide the best services possible at the most efficient uh, cost possible, then you're likely to make sure that the issues are being addressed. Now, they're gonna vary based on whether or not you have parts of your respective city that happens to have a multitude of um, low-income housing uh, versus other parts that may be more urban and downtown high-rises versus some who may be in more affluent sections if you're fortunate to have those. Nevertheless, um, you have to be one, you have to be an individual who are able to put together a leadership team that can be responsive and reflect the culture that you want it to reflect and the leadership uh, image and, and energy that you wanted to reflect. Understanding that at the end of the day, councils are elected, in many cases, most as wards, although some are elected um, basically um, from across the respective city or county area. And then from that aspect of things, you need to make sure that, the, that you can address the issues that important for that council member because that's going to be the advocacy that they do have. And so my rule of thumb was I would spend a lot of time uh, um, driving through the communities, addressing issues, uh, making sure that if I saw something, I called in to make sure that my team was ready to respond to and take care of the issues along the way. So it's, it's setting the right climate. But to do that, you need to have the right people. And you need to have the right attitude about how you're going to approach things. And then you need to make sure that the structure that's in place doesn't allow you to, to do just that. Let's say, so what is the cost of, what, what does it take to, to find the revenues? In many cases, you're talking about the sources of revenue, whether it's property taxes that you have or business taxes or whatever the case may be. You need to diversify those so that the appropriate revenues are there to address many of those needs. Um, I think that what I've appreciated most about being the president of National Forum for Black Health Administrators is that we have uh, a board that
that comprises uh, CEOs from all over the country who represent the types of organizations I just referenced here. So they may be in Dallas, they may be in Orlando, they may be in Charlotte, North Carolina, but they're running large organizations and they, they, they understand the complexities of what it takes to run those organizations and the tone that you need to establish to do just that overall. And that's why um, I don't see this as, you know, Black History Month because in our business, um, Black History Month is 365 days a year. We just pause and highlight it during February, uh, but it's 365 a year in terms of, uh, 365 days a year in terms of uh, what we have to do to make sure that the quality of life our citizens have is second to none. Dr. Jamison, thank you so much for being a guest on Local Matters. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me and good luck to you and your organization. And I hope that everyone will decide to join us in Grand Rapids on March the uh, 30th through April the 3rd for the National Forum for Black Public Administrators uh, annual conference. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.